The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling whites, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say, they were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. My name is Father Sean Kilcally, and uh, I'm in the Family Life Office Director here in the Diocese of Lincoln, and it's a great joy to be with all of you. This morning and then for the next couple of days, as uh, Father Doty's asked me to give the parish mission, and, uh, and so looking forward to spending the next couple of days here. Uh, I've never been assigned outside the city of Lincoln or graduate school, so... Um, Kind of nice to have these small masses. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and if you want the rest of the story, you have to come to the parish mission. Um, So I grew up in Michigan, actually, and uh, and so the family that I come from, my dad was born in Ireland, so um, I'm like a first-generation American. So he was born in Ireland, and when he was about 19, He fell in love and got married, had two daughters and a son. So my sister Donna uh, grew up in Ireland with her Italian grandmother, and now she's married to an Italian who runs some Irish pubs in Rome. Uh, My sister Jacqueline, she was born in Ireland, and then my brother Mark was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so dad moved here when he was about 22. My brother was born in Oklahoma, and then my dad divorced uh, their mother, and kind of like abandoned the family really and traveled around the country, lived in different places, ended up in Michigan. So meanwhile, my mother grew up in Michigan. When she was young, she fell in love and got married. 
and had two sons, my brothers James and John. And uh, when John was about four years old, they got divorced. So dad made it to Michigan, met my mom. Yes, I was born. And about two weeks short of my second birth date, my mother died of cancer. So within about a year, dad married my stepmom and they had two daughters and a son, my sister Sarah, my sister Katie, my brother Kevin. And then when I was a sophomore in college, they also got divorced. So that's how I became the family life office director. But that's the family that I grew up in, right? That's the family that our Lord called me out of. You know, it's the family that I learned to pray in. And from a young age, I really started to pray Psalm 139 before I really understood that there was a Psalm 139, which says, Lord, I praise you for the wonder of my being. I praise you for I'm wonderfully made. Because I would reflect on the fact that God had to take my dad across an ocean through all these circumstances to get him to my mom so he could make me just in time before my mom died. So if he went through all that trouble to make me, he must have had a reason. And so I started asking him that reason. Which eventually led me, you know, after high school, I went to military academy at West Point spent three years on active duty in the army. Then it led me to the seminary here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I'll give you more details about that. If you want more, come tonight. Um, but really my own experience of my priesthood and my experience of my spiritual life, the conversions that our Lord is continually calling me to, they all involve like learning what it means to be a beloved son, like learning what it means to be loved by our Lord kind of learning what it means that our Lord wants to give each of us everything. That our Lord wants to fill in the gaps in our lives. Because the whole Christian life is really about learning that we're sons and daughters of God. And which is a lesson that wasn't easy for me to learn, and I'll tell you about that during the mission. But in the readings for this week, we also see that same lesson taking place. You know, Abraham is known as our father in faith, right? We, call, we say Abraham our father in faith. But he actually wasn't very faithful throughout most of his life. Like most of his life, he didn't really do exactly what God wanted him to do. You know, he's called out of his homeland and asked to, you know, go to this land I'm going to prepare for you. And so he kind of follows that on faith. And the Lord promises him, I will make you a great nation and I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sands on the seashore. And then our Lord doesn't really answer that promise right away. And so we find Abraham kind of trying to do this by himself a lot. He kind of tries to do it by himself a lot. Eventually... He sort of gets frustrated, and so is his wife, Sarah. And then Sarah says, well, take my concubine, Hagar, and have babies with her. Like, maybe that's how it's supposed to happen. So he's kind of trying to do it by himself to fulfill God's promises on his own. And then the Lord speaks to him very clearly and says, like, that's not the descendant that I have planned for you. And then finally, when he's very old, they have Isaac, the fulfillment of the promise. 
and the thing he'd been longing for most in his heart. And then what we hear in the reading today is that the Lord, after years and years and years of waiting, after years of you know, wanting to follow our Lord and kind of falling backwards and wanting to follow our Lord and falling backwards and doing things by myself and finding my own way, then our Lord says to him, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him. Now that you have what you want, I want you to sacrifice him. You know, and it's in this passage that we really see him become our father in faith as he truly trusts in the Lord. You know, as they're walking up the mountain, what we know from the rest of the passage is Isaac says to his father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. I'm going to trust in him. This might be the hardest thing in my life, but I'm going to trust in him. And then just as he's about to sacrifice his son, the angel stops him. And so what we see there is Abraham becoming our father in faith because he learned to trust in our Lord. He had to learn what it meant to be a son who trusts in his heavenly father in order to become our father in faith. And that's what each and every one of us has to do. Like in our spiritual life, that's what our spiritual life is about. It's about learning to trust in our Lord. And to truly trust in him. To live our lives every day in a way that says, I'm going to give you control over my life. I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to truly give the Lord my heart because I believe in his love for me. In the gospel reading at the Transfiguration, we see this relationship of being a beloved son in Jesus. It's prior to him going to his passion and death. He takes Peter, James, and John, these closest of his disciples. They go up this mountain, and then our Lord's transfigured before them, and they see him in his glory. They can see that he is so dependent on the Father, so open to the Father's love, that the Father's love kind of penetrates his heart and radiates through him. And Peter, James, and John kind of freak out. They don't really know what to do. And another gospel reading says that they fall on their faces. And they hear this voice from the clouds say, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. 
Now this is my beloved son, listen to him. And Peter, James, and John, they don't really understand what that means. It's this moment of revelation, but they don't fully understand what it means. Because Peter is also an example of someone that we look to as, you know, the first pope, the one that Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom to. But in the gospel, we see what we see is this back and forth and back and forth and saying the right thing, saying the wrong thing. When Jesus asks the question, who do people say that I am? It's Peter who answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by men, but by my heavenly father. And then shortly thereafter, Jesus will say, the son of man must suffer and die at the hands of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then Peter says, Lord, it will not be so. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And then later on at the transfiguration, Jesus or Peter kind of says, okay, we're done. Let us build three boots, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Like we're done. And then everything goes back to normal and Jesus says, don't tell anybody until after I've risen from the dead. What? He's still saying he has to die. And then Peter follows them down. And then even though he had seen Jesus transfigured before him, he still denies him three times. Now, I think there's a lot of hope in that because sometimes I think to myself, okay, I'm a priest and I've given my life to our Lord and I've spent six years in the seminary, so I should know better than to like backslide in my faith or to like miss out on my prayers or you know, to commit the small sins that I commit or the big sins that I commit. I should know better than all of that because I know all of this theology and yet I still kind of fall into that. But I suppose my hope is that Peter saw Jesus transfigured before him. There's probably not a better experience than that. And he still denied him three times after the crucifixion. And it wouldn't be until he encounters the risen Christ on the lake shore and Jesus says to him, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. When Peter finally understands the depths of Jesus' love for him, which transforms his heart, and then it's sealed for him at Pentecost, and then he goes out and preaches the gospel, converting thousands. And he learns what it means to be a son, what it means to be completely dependent on our Lord. So that our Lord's life and our Lord's love would radiate through him. And in his own way, he becomes transfigured. And that's the gift of God that he wants to give to each and every one of us. He wants us to be transfigured in his love. He wants us to know what it means to be his beloved son or daughter. That he wants us to hear that voice that comes from heaven that says, you are my beloved son or daughter. 
And for each and every one of us, there's this journey of faith. It's not unlike that of Abraham or that of Peter, of kind of back and forth or thinking we've arrived. Like, I finally got all this figured out. I have no need to ever learn anything more again. And we never really arrive in love. That'd be like a husband saying to his wife, you know, I think I know everything there is to know about you, and I'm at the max of how much I could ever love you. Like, I've maxed out on love. Which essentially is like saying, like, I'm really bored with you right now. <laughs> right? We would never say that. It's not very beautiful. And we can't say that to our Lord either. We can never max out on loving our Lord or max out on understanding the depths of his love for us in our own lives. In the Lenten season, the Lenten season is here so that we can reflect more deeply on our dependence on God. So that we can reflect more deeply on what he has done for us in our lives. So that at the end of this Lenten season, this kind of 40-day retreat that all of us are on, we renew the promises of our baptism. We renew that moment in which we became his adopted children. This whole Lenten season is about learning to be loved by our Lord in a greater way. That's why we give things up. In order to really learn, ah, I need to depend on Jesus in all things. Because sometimes I don't depend on Jesus at the end of the day when I'm really lonely. I depend on Netflix. Like, I'm feeling really lonely right now. What's on Netflix? Or I depend on other things or playing games on my phone or something like that. And so by giving that up, what does that do? It makes space so that I learn to depend on our work. And so that will be kind of the ongoing theme that we talk about over the next three days. And hope and pray that many of you and your friends will be able to attend and that it'll be a time of greater reflection, renewal, and transformation for each and every one of us. And so today let us pray that we continue to grow in our own awareness of being children of God. And that this Lenten season will truly be a time of preparation and a time of transfiguration in our own life. That that love of our Lord may radiate through us to each person that we encounter.